it's Wednesday, which means it's time for Between Two Gamers. I'm Liv, and as always, I'm joined by my man, Fruey. Today, we are going to be talking about The Last of Us TV show. So, let's dive into it. What were your expectations of the show before when it was just announced? I thought it'd be good, and I thought there'd be a lot of action in it. Okay. I was nervous, as we may have recalled, because The Last of Us is my baby, and I love her. It's a her to me. So, <laughs> so we'll circle back to this at the end after we discuss all the changes to see if it met our expectations, surpassed, or maybe didn't live up to. This episode is going to have a lot of spoilers, so I recommend that you have watched the show, maybe you're knowledgeable about the video game, because we're not going to do like a story recap, but I think it's important to talk about the changes and such. So, Fruy, was there a change that you want to start off with? No, I think everyone's going to have probably the same, the spores. Yeah, what'd you make of the spores and the tendrils, as they called them? I, I thought it was a really good change. Purely because, like, after watching Chernobyl, same people that did that, weren't it, Chernobyl? Yes, uh, Craig Bazin yeah. directed that and now was co-directing with Neil Druckmann. So, obviously, after seeing that, it was a case of, like, the gas masks wouldn't have done the story too much of, like, justice in the situation. You wouldn't be getting them facial expressions and like the story, like when you see Joel's manner change, that sort of stuff. You you'd miss half of that through a gas mask. Yeah, that's true. Hmm, I didn't consider that. I thought the tendrils were interesting. I thought they were really gross when they introduced them. I thought they were gross, and I'm curious if this is something they could introduce in a later game although i feel like it would be kind of challenging like you can't step on certain areas did you think about that when they introduced that or were you just like in the moment no again like i think there's plot holes with it being spores in the game anyway why what do you what what do you mean so like if it's an airborne virus mm -hmm. shutting the door's not going to magically seal this thing away Okay. So there's there's like plot holes, <laughs> and that just got rid of them all. Huh. Interesting. I never I feel like I'm too in the moment when I'm playing the game, so I never thought about that. Yeah, I thought the tendrils were gross and interesting, and one of the biggest changes, well, not really the biggest, but Tess's death was very interesting. So she freezes up in the moment, and the clicker comes up to her and kisses her by giving her the tendrils in her mouth. That was very weird. What'd you think of that moment? Yeah, that, that was weird. That was really weird. <laughs> so in the game, the they go to the Capitol building to see if the fireflies there, but Fedra comes. And I've been listening to the companion podcast along with the show. And they said that they just have Fedra show up because they have to get back into the gameplay. There's no real reason that Fedra would be there, so it made more sense to introduce the clickers. But 
Which is true. In the game, you have to have like a big moment and then bring it back to actually playing the game. But I just thought it was so bizarre how it was done. She wasn't torn apart. She, She was kissed. Yeah, but she's already infected. Yeah. So is it like some zombie movies that we've seen where if you're dying anyway, so like um, World War Z is the first one I can think of. So the plot to that was like, if you're if you're terminally ill, they don't bother with you. Hmm. They just go for the healthy people. So it's like, is because she's already infected and then oh, with the tendril that. thing, is it just like she's connected already? So do they not view her as a target? Yeah, I think they said that there's part of you like still in there, possibly. So that that was a big discussion in the the game. So it shows that they have the capability of like love or something. Like I don't know, but I just it was happening, and I was like, this is really really gross. But I thought it made more a lot of sense to have the the clickers come instead of Fedra, which is funny because they were such a small part of the game, uh, the show compared to the game. And I think they really just operated as a gameplay mechanic. And I liked how they kind of went away from that for the most part, because it's not really part of the narrative. Yeah, but you you could make a case for Fedra showing up because it's a big firefly operation. If they got a tip off that they would come. So that's your justification of it in the game, I suppose. Okay, okay. The biggest change, as you can see, I'm going in like order of the episodes. So episode three, you're introduced to Bill and Frank. And in the show, you get to actually meet Frank. He's not hanging and already dead. Bill's happy. So the Bill and Frank episode, you get a backstory about Bill and Frank's relationship, and at the end of it, they both perish because Frank has ALS, I believe, is the disease, and Bill's like, I've been happy, uh, let's go out together, and I was like, oh, that's some Romeo and Juliet shit, but done so much more better, like, so much better. So, I, I feel like you didn't like this episode as much, so... I'll I'll give you the floor, and then I'll be like, okay, so my turn. So let's go. <laughs> so you love this purely because you're a hopeless romantic. So that's true. I yeah. love love, but also it has to do with gay media in general. This is like the first time I've watched something, and something isn't really stereotypical. It's tragic because they die, but it's not. Oh my god, I can't be in a relationship with you because I'm afraid to come out of the closet or my I can't accept myself. It's just so bad. Like it's you, we can never get a good gay story with a happy ending. It always has to be really stereotypical. And the only one that was pretty well done in recent memory is Love Simon, that movie. And it's been so you don't know about it because you're a straight white guy. So, <laughs> but like it's been years since we had like a good gay story, and I just felt like it was, it was just so nice to have a story that 
about love and it doesn't have to be stereotypical and fake tragic. Carry on. (laughs) (laughs) I I enjoyed the episode, but my issue was that this episode took out a huge action sequence in the game. And a a good interaction that would have been between Ellie and Phil. So we, we lost a lot for that yeah it it was already pretty slow Mm. so i thought this would be the episode that the action start kicking in and like things would start to happen a bit more a bit more frantic a bit chaos besides the clicker thing not a whole lot happened yeah i i agree because in the game bill's chapter is one of my favorites so going into the show, I was very interested in how it was going to be handled. So if you haven't played the game, Bill's whole thing is he builds traps everywhere. And he's a bitter old man, hates the world. And this show shows you a lot of what Bill was like before with Frank. And in the game, Frank leaves Bill because he can't change his his ways because he's grumpy and old but this, they changed the whole story. So there's a lot of gameplay and action that you don't see. And you do see one trap because that's how he catches his lover, which is hilarious. Such a bad trap as well. <laughs> uh, I think Nick Offerman did so well playing Bill. <laughs> I loved that casting. That might, that might be my favorite casting for characters. That was so good. Yeah, he did really well. Yeah, you, again, like it was cool seeing like the one trap with the one infected, where he just walks on that tripwire and the shotgun takes his head off. But it's like Bill falls in, a, uh, Frank falls in a hole. It's not an elaborate trap. It's not a trap built to kill. Yeah. So like that's everything Bill wouldn't do. <laughs> there was a scene um, that was parallel to uh, a Parks and Rec episode. For Bill, and he's just eating his steak Same thing. and watching the. I thought that was so funny. Oh, that yeah, that I feel like I could rewatch that episode. It could be like its own movie. Oh, that was so well done. But I I hear the people that say that they wanted the traps, they wanted the action, and I thought that this episode really benefited if you played the game because. In the game, Bill operates as a foil character to Joel, as if this was what Joel would turn into if he just turned around with Ellie, ditched her on someone else, and didn't have Tess anymore. He would be a bitter old man. And I felt that this episode, because it showed like the loving Bill, it showed the opposite. So this is what Joel could have peace and happiness if, when he goes on this journey with Ellie. What do you think about that? Maybe, but that's also just the start. That's fair. I think you have to play like three, four hours or whatever the game to get to Bill's point. But I felt like it operated. I felt like it was more of a foreshadowing, though. But you only really caught that if you played the game. The next episode has a pretty big change where you are introduced to Henry and Sam. And they introduce that Sam was deaf. And 
I thought that was a really unique change. I was curious how this was going to work because obviously there's not going to be large chunks of dialogue. And I haven't seen something like this adapted into movies and TV shows. I'm sure it's out there, but I haven't. So I was curious to know how this episode was for you with that change. I quite enjoyed it. It just meant it was a lot harder for Henry. Oh, yeah. The guy's got the weight of the world on his shoulders with this kid. So obviously you've got to rethink everything. I mean, you're fine around clickers, I suppose, because there's no noise being made. But apart from that, it's just like it gives you that extra foreshadowing, I guess, as a viewer, because you knew if anything's going to happen, it's probably going to happen to the kid because he's not going to hear people coming behind him. He's not going to hear the infected. So it's just an extra sense of fear, I suppose. Yeah, I I thought it was really interesting that they also said that he had leukemia, and that's why Henry is the most um, wanted man, because he stole the supplies to treat his brother. And this taught me that deafness is uh, a sim- like a side effect of leukemia treatment which i was like wow i didn't know that what there's an easter a huge easter egg in this episode when they are on their way out and you see the underground society which ends up being ish's story in the game with and you see this is where you learn that this guy went around and kept all these kids in like the sewage tunnels to like protect them which is like really gross but i like that they had the soccer or football thing so you see Sam and Ellie playing and I, I like that Easter egg because that's a probably one of the collectible stories that people most care about in the game. Did you like that Easter egg or any thoughts on it? That is, yeah. It gave them a sense, well, it's not a sense of normality, but they could be normal for a couple of hours. There you go, yeah. Before they had to press on. Yeah. Which leads me to the a huge change where they changed Pittsburgh. The Sam and Henry uh, sequence takes place in Pittsburgh, but they go to Kansas City, which is a city in uproar. They've had enough of Fedra, and the local militia overthrows them. And you're introduced to Kathleen, who she wants Henry dead. And one of my favorite lines in the entire ga- uh, show comes from Kathleen. But I th- Kathleen ends up being my favorite new character that was introduced. I thought she was so interesting. What did you think about the set change? I didn't mind it. Like it, it worked out better, I suppose, because it's thought more compact, or it felt more compact. Yeah. So, like when they're they're hunting Sam and Henry and Ellie and Joel. It was always like there was always someone somewhere because everything's so tightly like together. Mm-hmm. So, again, foreshadowing like someone's coming through this door at any point. Like where um, Joel and Elliot sat there having their little conversation and he's peeking through the window with the newspaper. Like four people walk past. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> is this the door they're going to knock on? 
Yeah, it was really tense. And the last episode of the Kansas City arc was definitely the most action-packed, where at the end, this is where my favorite line comes through, where it's so awful, but so funny. Uh, Sam, Henry, and Ellie are all behind the car, and Kathleen's like, come out, Henry, come out. And she goes, Henry, kids die all the time. And the way it was delivered was so funny. Kathleen's character is my favorite because she is playing this badass leader, but her voice is so soft. It's, <laughs> it's like you wouldn't expect her to be in this position. And to be fair, she wasn't because it was her brother that died at the hands of Henry. But I, I laughed when she said that. I was like, oh, my God, like, go off. But this is where you see the bloater and a horde of infected. So what did you think about the ending sequence of Kansas City? I liked it, but, and there's a massive but. Okay. I think it also gives us the worst looking death in the series. For who? When he pulls his head off, the bloater rips his head off. It looks so cheap. It looks oh. so bad. Oh. I was like, wow, how? How has this ended up being like so bad? It just looked really that, bad. They do that in the game. They do it yeah, exactly. No, no, it's not like the death was bad. It was like the CG stuff behind it looked nasty. Oh, in a good way? No. No, <laughs> no bad way. Yeah. So the death okay. would have been fine. Like okay. in the game, it's really good. But as for watching it on TV, it looked really bad. Hmm. Like, for whatever reason, the budget quite wasn't there for whatever reason, for that one little bit. Hmm. Interesting. But it just looked really off. And as I said to Cres at the time, I was like, that looked horrendous. And even she was like, yeah, it didn't look the best. Huh. I mean, what did you want differently i'm just curious because this happens like in the the background it's really hard so if i watch a lot of films i don't so so there you go (laughs) i see a lot of cgi and some of it you can tell looks really bad where it was made a really long time ago okay and this bloater's head ripping didn't look 2022 2023 it looked early 2000s oh really bad and it was just like, hmm, just the huh. effects were not great for that one bit, but everything else was fine, which is why I was so confused of why that one bit looked so terrible. That's very interesting. I Because as soon as I saw that, I was like, ah, they ripped their head off of the game. I'm very interested. If you follow us on Twitter at Between Two Gamers, let us know if you also thought that was really cheap and bad, because uh, I have to rewatch it, I feel like. I didn't, I didn't notice it. It's really weird because you're a graphic snobber as well. Yeah, I am. I feel like there's a bit of a difference though in video games and movies. Like yeah, I, I play a lot of video more... games. Yeah, I think but you I see don't... it a lot easier in films. Huh. I don't watch a lot of films. Like I, I only watch this because I played The Last of Us and I'm obsessed with it. Had I not had any interest in this sh- like video game, I wouldn't have watched the series. <laughs> so, like I have to love something to want to watch it i have to love it I, and tv shows are a huge commitment so many episodes movies like one and done okay tv shows huge commitment these are the same with the bloater actually where did he go 
They probably, I, in my walk on a rampage and then just walked off in the distance. <laughs> I think he was now. dealing with the rest of them because, and they just wanted to have that set piece moment where Kathleen was yeah. like, "You can't go," and then they had this child clicker, which I thought was the creepiest one of the series. Yeah, where she like folds herself backwards in the car. That that yeah. Yeah, I read that she. Stuff. Yeah, I read that she's a nine-year-old gymnast. Yeah, so. She has to be to bend like that. Oh, that she was gross. Ah, <laughs> uh, man, I did love the sequence in Kansas City. I thought this was like a really good change from Pittsburgh. It also shows like a different side of the story that you don't get to see in the game. It's just there's Fedra, there's the Fireflies. And there's people that just turned into cannibals and hunters. But now you had, like, an organized, different type of militia group opposite of the Fireflies that are just like, we want our city back so we could not deal with you. So I thought that was a really cool change. Yeah. It, was it, is it Tommy the guy that gets his head ripped off? He is the voice actor for Tommy. Yeah, so... Uh, his name in the show is Perry. So... <laughs> There was an interaction between them two where he's like, we need to tell everyone because he knew about the bloater, didn't he? He knew there was something down yeah. there. And then she's all like, no. And he just looks and you're like, dude, just slap her or shoot her. Do one of the other and sort it out. <laughs> yeah, the foreshadowing of like stuff underneath. Oh, that, that horde was well done. I thought that was this whole... This whole action sequence was do done really well. And, oh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I love Kathleen's character. Like, I thought she was so interesting. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. it like, I think the whole dots of interrogation thing was showed the dark side. Yeah. But I think she, they probably could have made her worse. Like, the interrogation, like, more intense. Maybe, or just in a different scenario. So obviously when she like scoops up all the rats together and then she's like, tell us where he is and you're all fine. So one blurts and then she's like, yeah, kill them all. So like, if she had popped someone herself first and then just walked out and been like, yeah, it's fine. Now get rid of the rest. She does like... She does do that with the doctor, kind of. Yeah. She goes and leaves him and then comes back and she's like, ah, fuck this. <laughs> and it's just like... Her character so interesting because she was probably so normal before the apocalypse and she's just like a regular lady and now she's like forced into this leadership role and like there's a contrast of personalities that I just find so interesting. But also for that, that's kind of everyone in this. Mm. Everyone was probably normal. And then not we, David, but we'll get well, there. Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe not him, but the rest of them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So as you wrap up Kansas City, you are going towards Wyoming, and you meet this couple who is separated from society for so long. And they're funny, just, like, shooting the shit. Joel and Ellie were like, it's snowing outside, everything looks the same, we're in Wyoming, like, where are we going? And they advise them not to push on. Don't cross the river of death. And the River of Death is an interesting name because basically 
this is where you meet Tommy and Maria's crew and Jackson. And other people have are terrified of them. But when you go into Jackson, they're a very functioning society. This is your first introduction to Jackson. In the game, you do not go into Jackson until the second game. So set piece wise, it looks like identical to second game. And you see the interaction of Maria and Ellie, because in the game you're with Joel and you go off with your brother and that's something that happens to the side. So what did you, what did you think of going into Jackson for the first time? Again, that's really well done. Um, obviously you get to see both sides of the interaction. So we're used to the Joel, Tommy, you need to take her, blah, blah, blah. I can't do it anymore. And then having Ellie being warned that Joel's nothing but bad news. And it's like, but he's not though, really, is he? Like, come on, you're just bitter. Well, she's, Maria's only heard what Tommy has said. So he's probably said something along the lines. We started in Texas, went to Boston, and we were on the way there. We turned into hunters and cannibals because that was the easiest thing to do. And then I said, I am so cool. I'm going to join the Fireflies. And then said, yeah, this is intense. And somehow made his way all the way out to Wyoming. So... <laughs> I don't think there's much room for Tommy to say much positive about Joel from those years. Yeah, but surely she's married him. She's having a child with him. That's a change too. It's just like, well, one's changed, clearly. So why can't the other? Not that he has to, but... Yeah. And then Ellie's like, I know all this. Yeah. Badass. He protects me. He's cool. I want to grow up to be just like him. So she tried to like what up Maria. It was like, yeah. yeah, I know this. And then is completely blindsided about Sarah. And which happens in the show. Or the the game. Getting confused, going back and forth. And I felt we'll talk about the challenges of the show, but they leave, they leave Jackson very quickly to go to the university to look for these fireflies. And the hunters are there, which they take down Joel and Ellie has to care for him when into coming into the next episode or two episodes from there. Cause it's a flashback. But for this episode, did you feel like it went by quick? I feel like this was the episode. A lot of people had problems with, yeah, it is, it is the shortest one, isn't it? It's only like 46 minutes, something like that. I don't know. That's long to me. So <laughs> well, Yeah, all but like... all the others were like 58 to 60, 70 minutes. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. one, for whatever reason, I think coming at like 46 minutes there or thereabouts. People said that it felt like they rushed, but they kind of... I feel like it's interesting because I, I hear it. They go through two locations, but they add a lot of context to this episode because you see Joel having panic attacks. You um, He has like a whole heart to heart with Tommy about what to do. And then after his fight with Tommy, him and Ellie go off. And I feel like they added a lot of stuff. And I think the, the pacing that people complain about, they just cut... 
gameplay out. They hit all the narrative beats. You know what I mean? Yeah. But again, I think like when you got to the university, not a lot happened. And then it was like, oh, he, he stabbed. And then yeah. it was the end. It was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> to be fair, though, what you're doing at the university <coughs> is just you loot it <laughs> for supplies. Mm. And you open a door to get Ellie and the horse through. And there's infected there because, like, they need to put something there. You're not just going through and opening a door. Then you go to the hospital what? and you're, again, looting. Yeah. I guess it's... The whole thing up to this point, besides the blow that, is a really slow pace. Yeah, okay. And I think we... Like, I definitely expected more to action-wise happen by this mm-hmm. point. So like, we get to the university, we go into two rooms, and then we're leaving... We get stabbed. The end. It's like, okay, could we not just throw in maybe one fight in the university, like, or a couple of infected, just to stress. Like, we've got to be quiet. Like the way they did the clicker scene was really, really good with Tess, Ellie, and Joel. That episode felt. Oh, gone. But apart from that, they're not really there anymore. Yeah. So if you have, like, the old ones sprinkled, we don't have to do anything with them. We just need to see that they're around. Mm -hmm. And then have, like, the dynamic change between whoever's on the screen or set at that time. So we're walking in, Ellie and Joel talk, talk, talk. And then you, you hear a click. You don't need to see him. Just need to hear it. And then have that the whole Joel where he's all like, shh. And then we come up with this plan. We, we do a little bit of looty-looty and then we're going. And then have that fight where he gets stabbed. Mm. Just to not keep you immersed because it was good, but just to keep you on edge like it is in the game, maybe. Okay. Yeah, I hear you. I feel like this was the episode most people had problems with. Hmm. But we'll talk about our favorite and least favorite after. So the next episode is the Left Behind, which is the DLC that you play afterwards. And it's in the game. It's a flashback towards Ellie finding the supplies for Joel and Ellie's relationship with Riley. And it was Ellie goes to a mall in the DLC in both scenarios. So it's like they show you this through a flashback of the last time she was into a mall. So if you did not play the game, Ellie's best friend is Riley, but they both have a crush on each other and they don't do anything until like their dying days. What did you uh, think about the Left Behind episode? Probably the weakest in the whole series. For me. Oh, interesting. Because... And why is that? It was kind of slow. I didn't really care. And I didn't really care in the game about this bit either. But then, like, so the infected are around, yada, yada. You've got the military over there. The mall in the centre of the town, which is no power to it. We turn it on. It's loud. It's lights. Nobody comes. That would be a major alarm 
for infected and military. <laughs> Apparently, the outside lights don't work. It's only the inside lights. That's how they say you can it. See, when they look at it, it's already got power to the street lights. And when she turns everything on, it's loud. Everywhere's yeah. quiet. You're going to hear that regardless. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I did like the Mortal Kombat references and then obviously them playing it and stuff like that. But I don't think it probably should have had a whole, a whole episode for what really happened. It, re- it shows you... The purpose of it is to show like Ellie's like what Ellie was like and now how she's turned into like this hardened person through tragedy and it shows you like it you infer that Ellie had to kill her best friend and that was the first person that she had to kill because mm-hmm. it shows you like her backstory essentially and it I I re- I enjoyed this episode when I played the DLC I didn't like Riley the first time but the actor made me really like Riley. I thought she did like a really good job. I I can understand that some people don't think it adds a whole lot, but I think the purpose of it is to show Ellie's backstory and it adds to like how she's changed and such and why she really wants to find the vaccine because if it existed, her best friend would be alive. Maybe, but I don't think Ellie's actually changed that much. From that episode, she was already the gobby little tough head. The only difference is she killed her friend. Okay. I don't think it was like she was ever like little Miss Sweet and Innocent that has now been soured and hardened. I think Ellie's always kind of been like Ellie, except there was someone that she cared for. Like Joel and Sam, so th- that bit maybe, and look how quick that was for Joel <laughs> again. So maybe from maybe the arcade machine part to the end of the episode, that would have been fine. But for the like, the whole thing, probably could have cut half. <laughs> I enjoyed this episode, but so you said this was one of your least favorites? I think it is my least. Mm, Okay. We'll circle back to what our favorites and least favorites. But the next episode is really, really intense when it comes to handling the aftermath of two episodes ago with Joel being severely injured. And... A change that I would say is a big change is you meet David and he looks like a normal guy, but in the show, he looks so cartoonishly creepy. And a lot of people, I'm curious to hear your opinion. A lot of people think that show David is creepier than uh, video game David. What would you say? I would agree. Yeah. Yeah, there's some, like, obviously, because we played it, we already know. But if you knew nothing, and the first introduction you got was that sermon that he was doing, something's off. Something's massively off. Yeah. And it's that reality creepy, I suppose, that just makes it so much eerier. And, like, you can just see 
as he's reading, everyone's already like, don't look at him, head down, yeah. But you don't see that. So if you walked into a room and you've seen people acting that way, your natural instinct's like, yeah, I'm just going to leave. Like, <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just walk out the door, I'll come through, it's fine. Yeah, he is so creepy. And they add to his character where they said he was a teacher! <laughs> so gross! Oh, but this this episode was just, like, creepy. I took a shower afterwards. Like, I... <laughs> I did. <laughs> oh, but it was just so well done. And... Joel doesn't, like, come and save Ellie, like, in the game where he's, like, pulls her off of David. Like, Ellie has to do, like, this by herself where she confronts David, and then she just leaves, and she's stunned, and that's when Joel shows up. And I feel like that, it does impact Ellie's character. They they show her very distant and such in the next episode, which the last episode wraps up season one, and it opens up with your introduction to Anna, which is the only Ellie's mom. It's the only time you actually, you don't get to see her in the game. She's just a note. She's a footnote in the show. And it confirms my suspicion that she was bit while pregnant and then just gave birth. So what did you like about, did you like the cold open or did you thought it was unnecessary or? No, I didn't mind it. Like th- there had to be some explanation to how, Ellie's the the sole survivor that can't be turned. And I think this is one that everyone kind of thought. I didn't expect... I I don't know. It's weird because she gets bit and then, like, as she's bit, she gives birth. She slides out. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like... Is that really enough? Or should it have been she was bit... And then a couple of days after Ellie's born, because that would kind of give it time to work its way into Ellie, I guess, more logically. Hmm. There's no logic in the zombie universe. No, but it is just like, obviously you get that poster at the start where it's like leg bites, 72 hours, blah, 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 Hmm. before you turn. And she's bit on a leg. Was it a leg? Yeah. But she turns within like 10 minutes. I don't know if they really, how long she was there. Wasn't it light out when she got there? And it yeah, but then it wasn't three dark. days, was it? No. But that's what's on the poster at the start. <laughs> no, she doesn't turn. She no, asks she Marley to, to kill her. Yeah, because she starts having that weird little growling thing. And then that's when she's like, you need to kill me. But it's just like, for, for the time that she's bit, to Ellie popping out... It's just like a bit too quick to try and. Oh yeah, she's cute. She's immune because she was bit while her mum was pregnant. If it had been like a day or two afterwards, maybe because biologically, like it's got time to work its way into the system. Blah blah blah. But it's a good way to try and justify the miracle of Ellie, I suppose. Yeah. I thought this was a. They did a couple of uh, cold opens for episodes. So one that I we should have talked about was how they explain how the infection occurred. It came through like flour and wheat, which is what some people did suspect. 
There's also a whole theory that Nathan Drake uh, <laughs> caused the apocalypse, which is so funny and stupid because it does not operate in the same world. But what did you think about the explanation of the whole thing where they go yeah, to I Jakarta? It was a good logical one. Like, real life scenario, it could happen. And if, like, if we do have that sort of scenario, the two easiest things to infect are the two things that 98% of the world will probably eat. Mm-hmm. So very, very clever. And that whole scientist interaction at the, the very first episode, like I remember looking at Twitter that, like straight after that episode, and everyone, that's all everyone was talking about. Not the rest of the episode. It was just, how scary is this? Yeah. Yeah, because not going to say it could happen, but like it's Bruce <laughs> like, oh yeah, I'm preparing. I'm, I'm going to, I'm ready. going to save my tea bags for the apocalypse. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I did like, I, I thought the cold opens added a lot to the episodes. And I felt like the last episode was most true. Like they didn't do a whole lot of changes with the sequence. Did you, did you enjoy the last episode? Yes and no. <laughs> okay. So again, I, I did enjoy it because we they, it was the one that they edited the least from the game. I did find it hilarious. Laura Bailey's one and only was, <gasps> and that was it. <laughs> yeah, she's a cameo. Uh, for sure, but she they also she voices one of the nurses in um the video game. It was just like all this. Oh, it's Laura Bailey next week, and then it's just a, <gasps> and then that is it. <laughs> maybe she's coming back for season two. Yeah, maybe. Uh, uh yeah. But then, well, obviously, the way they handle like escorting Joel out, and then Joel playing on the his death or semi death, and. Like just keeps freezing and like no one's told you to stop moving then when he goes like John Wick on the stairs. But then from that point onwards, again the action just wasn't there. So like you got a couple of him looking down a rifle and then people dropping. But there was no I thought this would be like the episode where it'd be worth maybe not having the action in the last three or four that it seemed to have been because mm. this one was going to be so big. Mm. And then it was just like, we played music to kind of give you that, the mood of him going on his rampage, but you'd never really see him go on that rampage. So I was like, Neh. I feel like they wanted you to feel the sense of dread. Like he's going through and just murdering everyone. That they like they don't know that Ellie's gonna die up there. They're just killing. They're just like on guard. Um, a huge thing that they added to Joel's character in this episode that he's deaf on that side because he tried to kill himself the day after Sarah. But he like he says he flinched. Maybe he changed his mind. And he the only person in the world he's telling is this fourteen year old girl. And. This ep- this supplements the bonding where Ellie gives him Sarah's photo, and I was I was crying. It was so sad. I was like Joel, 
you I, did you think that this was a, a like a, a good change or did you just get to the hospital already? <laughs> no, I didn't mind it. Again, like I, what episode? It's probably like f- five, maybe, where you start to see Joel second guessing Ellie. Oh, like giving what? her a gun and stuff like that. Or... Yeah, but actually, start like you could see he was starting to care. Mm. Like for the yeah. first three, it was like just move, do as you told, shut up, sit down, get up. Yeah, and then it was just like little moments where you could see like if she walked ahead of him, he'd like give a little grin, but then instantly go back to business. So it started to come out and come out, and then after the David thing, it was just full like you're the new Sam to me, if that makes sense. So that's why he starts blurting everything and comparing the two of how they'd like each other and this, that, the other. And it was just like, you're going a bit too much. Like Ellie's Ellie. She's not going to be your Sam. Sarah. Sarah. Yeah. So it's just like, (laughs) it's not going to happen. Yeah. Joel just wants to be a dad, man. He's mm. he just wants to be a dad, and instead he's got to be a hand to hire. <laughs> so the the ending plays out exactly the same. Joel goes kills the doctor, eh, rip Jerry, and then they go back to Jackson, and she's like, "Tell me the truth," and he goes, "I swear this was the truth," and she just accepts it as they go back in, and that puts a nice little on the series until season two would you like to talk about our least favorite parts first or our favorite parts start off with our least why not okay so least favorite or areas of improvement Rui take the floor <laughs> my I think mine was just episode seven that they left behind I don't really think we really needed it like yeah, you needed like the Riley bit, I suppose, but it didn't have to be a full episode. It felt like a a filler episode mm-hmm. when they could have used it in better time for me, like having some infected because you probably see like four besides the bloater army. I hear you. I I think my least favorite episode is actually the episode before when they're in Jackson and uh, going to the university. That episode was the first time where I felt like I'm conflicted because people on Twitter were like, the episodes are going by so fast. They're like cutting a lot of stuff. And they're like, it's so important to the plot. Killing infected is not important to the plot. That is a gameplay mechanic. All the narrative beats have are hit. And like I said earlier, I like conflicted because they hit all the narrative beats in that sequence. But for me, that was the episode that I just felt like you did a lot, but you didn't really accomplish a lot. I don't know. That was like the only episode I wasn't really like sold on, even though I thought it was great that what they added to it. But for some reason, that wasn't the one that didn't click with me very much. No, I can see that. Is there anything in the show that didn't work for you that you would have liked them to add? No, I think they did pretty much hit everything on the head. But my biggest thing with this was 
Well, the lack of infected, considering, yeah, it's gameplay, but they are pretty much everywhere. Mm-hmm. And the lack of action, like actual action. Okay. It, yeah. Like, it seemed to give you this massive build-up in a couple of episodes, and then it'd be a quick little flurry, and you'd be like, oh, yeah, it was all right, it wasn't great, it wasn't brutal. Like, mm. But consider how dark Joel is. Mm-hmm. It's not really that dark in the series, as far as like what he does or what he could do or what he did in the game. Besides that initial first beating that he gives someone where his hands like a watermelon, at no point is he ever really back to that Joel. I guess he hasn't had to be until you go to Kansas City for the first time and the guy's like begging for his life. And he goes, Ellie, go back in that room. Yeah. But again, it just felt like they were trying to take away a bit from Joel. Hmm. Yeah, he can't look after himself as well as he used to. Yeah, we get that to a degree. Mm -hmm. But the man is the equivalent of John Wick in this series. (laughs) Like, he will bring down an army on his own. (laughs) I think they went for realism over the video game. Mm. Plot armor for the first game. But I just would have liked to see Joel be a bit more Joel. Is the okay. only way you can really say it. Okay. One thing I would have liked to see in the series is the bricker bottle thing. Yeah. So in the first game, you can distract them by throwing stuff, which completely is a gameplay mechanic. But you need the infected as well for that. Fair. I thought it was going to happen in episode two when they're in the museum. That, yeah, that was like, we did, If we didn't get it in that episode, I felt like we weren't getting it the whole time. Yeah. So like the bow. What happened to that? The boat? Bow. An arrow. Bow. Oh. I was like, there's not a boat. <laughs> <laughs> That's the second game they go on a boat. Uh, it's like Joel gets his assault rifle at the start and then that's it. It's all right. Yeah. There's not a bow. And you would have had it in the David episode. That's Ellie's, like, thing. But they wanted they had the rifle, and they wanted you to show... They wanted to show that Ellie's trying to be Joel, trying to hold this thing up. Mm-hmm. Bella Ramsey even said, she was like, that was heavy to hold up. <laughs> like, she really struggled doing that part. And it was, like, showing that Ellie can't be Joel. So... I think it would have been good to have Ellie with the bow a bit earlier on in the series. Because he, mm. he he was never given her a gun. He made that clear. So why not give her the bow and arrow? In the game, she asks for it in Bill's section, and Joel's like, you don't need that. So <laughs> she wasn't getting it. Yeah. But it's just like, give her a bow. Let her get, like, not necessarily a kill, but just, like, wound someone to put them off enough to buy Joel a little bit of time. And then when that scene with the, the rifle comes in, it's just like a progression for Ellie rather than going nothing to badass in that mm-hmm. sense. I hear you. One thing I would liked in the show, not important at all, not important at all. In the photo booth, you get to choose the poses in the game. And one I quote all the time, and it's Ellie 
going, ooh, so sexy. And she makes a pose. And that's, uh, I quote that all the time. And I would have loved that one to be in there. The photo booth was in there. And I was like, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. And they don't do it. But that is one of my favorite, favorite things. So that's not important at all. People probably like, I don't even remember that. But <laughs> I love it. It's my favorite pose. <laughs> not important. I thought it should just solely be for my benefit. So we did... The areas, any other areas of improvement or things you wanted to see before we talk about favorite parts and episodes? No, I'm all good. All right. What did you like about it? The, uh, again, Pedro Pascal is the best thing in this. Mm-hmm. Like the way he gets across the, the gradual feelings for Ellie and like the desperation, the fear of when he's trying to talk to Tommy and be like, oh, I can't do this anymore. Like that job's gone. Like he, he, I'm not good enough. Oh, that was so heartbreaking. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I felt like the emotion. I so my biggest concern going into it was that I wasn't going to feel the emotional connection because, like, in a video game, you're immersed. You are in charge of clicking the button. The next thing doesn't happen if you don't get there. So that's my favorite part about video games is they're interactive. So I was worried that. It wasn't going to convey for me. It did. I cried. So no problems there. But um, I I liked that they added stuff that I feel like nobody else cared about than it mattered to me. Like the pun book. I was so excited to see the pun book. Did, you didn't care about the pun book, I would assume. Uh, no, not really. But she uses it in the game, so it makes sense. Oh, I would have loved if the crystal ball section was in the Left Behind episode. I clicked every option. Uh, I love stupid shit like that. I also appreciated the Easter eggs to previous Naughty Dog titles. Like, there's Uncharted 4 references for Raja. He's the first villain in the first game. Macho Nacho. Elena Fisher worked there as a teenager. Uh, The lighter from Uncharted 4, that's Sam's lighter, that was shown. So I love the little Easter eggs they gave along the way. What was your favorite episode? So either two or five. I don't know which to go with. So two is the action sequence with the museum and test Joel. And episode five is the closing episode for Kansas City? Yeah. Okay, so what did you like about both of them? I think two because of the clickers and like that whole museum into Tess's Makeout session. So that was cool. Like just seeing a clicker or what, how they were going to do the clicker, rather. And like the, the sheer panic, all, that whole scenario. And then obviously watching him walk across the planks, and Ellie's just like, oh, it's fine. Going, I'm going off without you both. <laughs> yeah. But then five, because obviously you get the bloater. You've got the shit show. But then Sam's death. And Henry's. Yeah. And he's just like, oof. Like that hit hard. Yeah. Sam more than anything, but because like Ellie breaks her one promise, <laughs> which yeah. turns out somehow saves her life. Mm-hmm. 
So they were both good. I felt like episode two was the closest to the game in sense of tension. So as soon as I saw episode two, I was like, I can tell that Neil Druckmann was the lead uh, (laughs) director on this because it felt so close to the actual game. I liked that episode a lot. I also loved the Kansas City, the closing episode. Just be, like Kathleen was my favorite new character in the whole series. I don't know. Do you have a favorite like new character or character in general? If you want. No, no it was it's like the game all Joel for me. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I just, I loved Kathleen. She was so complex that I just oh, she was great. Oh. Yeah, too bad she won't be coming back, but it was good. So I agree. For like action sequences, those two were incredible. Um, Bill and Frank's episode is going to have a special place in my heart because I just felt like it was so important for representation. So, is there any like moments that you want to like shout out for? Like, oh yes, these were like the best sequences. Episode one. Oh okay. With twitching granny. <laughs> yeah. That thing was amazing. Like, how is she just like in the background? And then it was just like, okay, well, you're turned in. Yeah, yeah. And then that whole bit where she's just chasing Ellie down and Joel's just like, whack. Oh. <laughs> Smashes her head in with his wrench or whatever it was. Yeah, and Sarah is petrified. She's like, that's yeah. my dad. He builds houses or something. I don't know. Tommy's standing there with a rifle. Joel, what do we do? It's like, just shoot her. Oh. Just let's Joel flips whack. a switch. <laughs> yeah. I thought I thought the series was well done. Uh, anything you want to call attention to before we like circle back to our expectations? No. Okay. So in the beginning, we outlined our expectations for before it happened. So would you say that the show exceeded, met them, or underperformed? Met them for the narrative. Didn't meet it for the action. That's fair. That's fair. I was seriously pessimistic about the series coming out. I was nervous as hell. So from that point of view, like the, for me, the bar was at the floor. So it's only fair to say that it exceeded expectations. But this isn't my favorite like show of all time. So are you surprised by that? Yeah, because you don't watch TV. So God knows what it is. Well, what would you give this show, one being the worst thing ever, and ten being the best thing you've ever watched? 7.58. Because of the lack of action? Yeah. I'm going to give it a solid nine. An example of a ten, since you've asked, since you asked, an example of a ten would be Gilmore Girls. I love that show. What, 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 what? It's fun. Gilmore Girls is such a great show. Favorite show, probably, of all time. I love shows about life. <laughs> and, oh, man. Oh, I love Gilmore Girls. That easy 10. Easily a 10. Not the reboot that they did for, like, they did, like, I don't know, five episodes or something. No. No. The, the series, the mainline series. 10. Perfection. So... It's hard to get a 10 from me for 
TV shows and movies. No, 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 no. If there was a brick or a bottle, maybe. No, no. Um, It was a sexy pose. It was a 10. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So sexy. Oh, she's so good. I love it. (laughs) I love the stupid shit no one cares about. But yeah, I'd give it a nine. So it's confirmed that The Last of Us has a season two. They have not signed a deal for season three, but Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann both said that The Last of Us Part Two is going to be more than one season. So inevitably, it's going to be two seasons. So that's what we know. We also know that everyone will be reprising the role and that more infected will be there. They said that that's something they want to definitely add. So uh, if you are a longtime listener of the show, Furry has rated The Last of Us Part Two top 10, one of the worst video games um, he's ever played. We have an episode called Top 10 Worst Video Games Ever, and we have a huge fight in that episode. Spoiler. So if you want to check that out, <laughs> I think I yelled so loudly at one part, I broke the sound barrier and it just cuts out because I was just so angry with you. So. <laughs> and I think on hot takes, you left. Oh, possibly. That that sounds like me. I get a little heated. <laughs> so, for predictions for season two, do you have any? No. You're not watching it, are you? Are you going to give it a chance? I'll probably watch it until the point that happens in the game, and then be like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I encourage you to watch one more episode. Just give it a chance. Yeah. Furry gives it, part two a chance challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll watch some of it at least. How long I don't know, but some of it will get watched. I have more questions than predictions because obviously in that game you have you play Ellie three days, it switches Abby three days, but you can't do one season of Ellie and then one season of Abby because people are stupid and they're gonna forget what happened. So my biggest question is how like. I just feel like people are going to be like, oh, I don't remember that Abby and Ellie were at the hospital at the same time. So, like, my biggest question is how they're going, like, do you think they're going to flip perspectives, like, every other episode? Do you think it's possible you see both perspectives in an episode? Like, I'm curious, like, how this is going to work out more so. I will probably guess that the entirety of the first season, there is no Abby. Really? Maybe. Well, if it's going to be more than two, or more than one, sorry, you've got a lot of time before Abby can really come into it mate, to make most of stuff. Because what's the time gap between one and two? Six years. So you've got six years of untold story between Ellie um... and Joel. So... You think there might be like a few episodes within the six years and then a time skip. Yeah. And then you think like, you think Pedro Pascal will make it to the end of the second season? Like end no. with that? <laughs> um, I would like Pascal to survive, but we all know that's not going to happen. That's not happening, man. <laughs> Anything he does at the minute, he dies in. Um, really? Yeah. Anything, oh, I think he's still going into Mandalorian. Um, I don't know. I can see most of the first series, no no Abby. 
maybe getting an Abby left behind ish episode hmm. to tie in the event of the end of part one. Then hmm. I think you could maybe end the season with Abby being like, let's start the hunt for Joel hmm. to kind of give you that mid-season finale even though it's the end of the season sort of thing and then okay. kick off the second second series of part two with like going from last of us part two if that makes sense okay yeah i've been like going back and forth i can't really decide like how it's going to go but like i enjoyed the first season obviously so like i trust whatever they're gonna do like, I think they'll do it well. I don't know. Like, I was already so skeptical and so pleased with how it went. So I, I'm i just, I'm more so curious about how they're going to do it than I don't know what to predict at this point. Like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> just give us some infected. <laughs> well, they already said you, you're exactly. getting that. So it would be wrong. Okay. Well, that does it for our Last of Us TV show review. But I do have some trivia for you. In the HBO show, Marlene promises to trade a card battery in exchange for Joel and Tess to smuggle Ellie out of the city. What was the exchange in the game? It wasn't a card battery. I can't even remember. I would have just gone with tickets. No, it's not the ration cards. It's a resource. Well, it'll be guns. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All the ones a that pile Rob of guns. Stole. Yes. So in the show, Robert sells the car battery to Marlene, but in the game, it's guns. So it begs the question: Is guns or car battery more useful? Guns. Guns. Guns, because you can get anything with guns. That's true. That's true. You can't hold think... someone up with a car battery, can you? No, I guess. But you could probably hit them with one. Yeah, but they got to get close, which means you can get hit. <laughs> yeah, you probably damage it. I don't know. <laughs> but I think the whole premise of The Last of Us is very funny if you break it down into like its bare bones. Ellie gets dropped off for exchange a pile of guns. Ellie gets dropped off for a car battery. It's very funny. It's downgrade. It's a downgrade! So HBO Ellie is technically worth less than Game Ellie. <laughs> yeah. If you want to talk about The Last of Us economics. We'd have been better funny. off with Russian cards. Well, Marlene has no use for them because she can't go into the city. I know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she can give you a dead battery instead. Uh, well, that does it for The Last of Us TV show. You can find Between Two Gamers on all podcasting platforms. If you want to share your thoughts, shout us out on Twitter and let us know what you think of the series. Also, if you have predictions for the second season at Between Two Gamers, let me know. Let us know. I'll retweet yours. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok as well. Thank you for listening, and we will see you Friday for The Buzz Between. Ah!